Hello and welcome to Medico Legal Expert Insight. My name is Jessica and in this podcast, we interview medical and legal professionals to help connect and understand when, what, why and how both sides interpret the information given to them. The goal is to share expert opinions from both sides of the medico-legal industry. I do want to say a huge thank you to eReports for the support and access to all these incredible experts. So let's get started and connect the dots through conversation. Today, I would like to welcome Jane Banting, APA musculoskeletal physiotherapist at JBA Physio. Jane and I are going to discuss vocational assessments, occupational versus physio. Jane is going to give us some insights into the difference between them, why a lawyer uses a musculoskeletal physio for a case, what a physiotherapy assessment involves, some examples of what injuries and cases she's worked on before, and some suggested questions for the letter of instruction. So let me introduce Jane. As I mentioned, she is an experienced APA postgraduate trained musculoskeletal physiotherapist and postgraduate quali- and has postgraduate qualifications in exercise and sports science. She became passionate about workers and their work-related injuries in 1986 when she worked part-time at a factory which manufactured televisions and fridges. Seeing work-related injuries at the coalface gave Jane great insight into the cause of injury and gave her an incredible understanding of injury management, often seeing workers immediately after their injury occurred. Since then, Jane has continued to manage workers' injuries and their rehabilitation and return to work in her private physiotherapy practice. Her physiotherapy repertoire has certainly expanded significantly over the years with the inclusion of superficial dry needling and exercise-based rehabilitation, including using clinical Pilates equipment. For the past 21 years, she has also been an independent medical examiner and is recognised as an occupational physiotherapist with the TAC and Victorian Work Cover Authority. Jane has a great interest in low back, neck, shoulder and hip injuries. Jane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jess. So, Personal injury lawyers are often looking for the best experts to provide vocational assessments. So this could include occupational health physicians, occupational therapists, or a musculoskeletal physiotherapist. Can you explain the difference? I can explain the difference, but before I do, I'll just say that I obviously have a bias because I'm actually a physiotherapist. Yeah, of course. So for example... Um, for me, when I walk down the street, I look at the person in front of me with a limp and think, what injury have they got and what effect has had that on their life? So that's how I work. But let's go back and answer the question. Yep. An occupational health physician is a uh, medical practitioner who works with work-related injuries. Their particular interest is in, um, is in the injury itself, what capacity they have for work after their injury. An occupational therapist is an allied health practitioner who also works with injuries and the effect they have on their lifestyle. 
An occupational therapist will look at the work capacity of the worker and also look at any things that might be needed to help them to be able to function in the workplace and in their home life after suffering an injury. Mm-hmm. A musculoskeletal physiotherapist is also an allied health practitioner who, uh, with postgraduate training in musculoskeletal, that's, that area is like orthopaedics. So what we do is we examine a worker and look closely at the joints and the muscles of the body and how they are, they, they are affected with an injury. Yeah. So the special interest of a musculoskeletal physiotherapist is how the, how the injury occurred and whether the injury is consistent uh, with the actual cause. Mm-hmm. And when they return to work, what their work capacity is like. Sometimes it obviously has to vary. They go to modified duties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what effect it has on their future work capacity. The other area that a musculoskeletal physiotherapist is particularly interested in is the treatment that they have had and also their future treatment needs. And those future treatment needs are needs that occur uh, over the next 12 to 18 months, but also their future needs until retirement age of 67 years of age. Yeah. And a musculoskeletal physiotherapist has a very good understanding of all the different types of therapy out there that are provided and can give a very good insight into that. Yeah. So what particular strengths does a musculoskeletal physiotherapist provide in a vocational assessment? So why, why would a lawyer use um, your area of expertise? All right. Let's take, for example... Uh, someone with a lower back condition. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of one of my uh, workers that I've done a medico-legal report for in the past who had a full 30 uh, feet down um, outdoor education worker and fractured L1. Fortunately, it was very well managed and uh, got to hospital and didn't suffer a spinal injury, which is fantastic. But the musculoskeletal physiotherapist in that particular case has a very good look at the person's range of movement, uh, which muscles are really tight and are affecting their ability to function normally. So there's a hands-on component that is significant there. Mm. In that situation, it's also a good example of how a physiotherapist will then um, look at what they can return to work as. For example, this outdoor education person um, may not be able to return to the outdoor education work and therefore um, needs some modified duties. So a physiotherapist, because they've seen and felt what that injury is like, um, will be a very good uh, person to use there. Yeah, yeah. And does what, what does the assessment involve in relation to a vocational assessment? All right. Before I get into the assessment part, I just want to go through um, the cycle of service of sending a client to see a musculoskeletal physiotherapist. Yeah, of course. Um, and if we start with that, um, where it starts, I actually work with e-reports. Uh, that's how I do my medico-legal work. 
and we receive the um, information on the website that we have an appointment. I, personally, I spend at least an hour or two going through the information I've received and write down notes of a template before I see the client um, and read the medical documentation that we've received. As a musculoskeletal physiotherapist, um, we're very familiar with x-ray reports and diagnosis. That's one of the things we spend a lot of time on. So we're very familiar with the um, reading um, orthopedic um, surgeons' reports or other medical um, specialist reports. It sounds like so that part- having that musculoskeletal background, which is like you mentioned, you, you've got that understanding of the, the orthopedic is actually a real strength to this area of expertise. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, that's the same thing. We, we look and see, we might see someone with a lower back injury and we know what it means when it says they've got spinal canal stenosis mm-hmm. um, or they've got a lower lumbar disc injury. Mm. So that's something. And, the, and we then translate that and say, okay, that person's got a lower lumbar disc injury. Going back to work, are they going to have any difficulties? Lower lumbar disc injury, they will have difficulties possibly with bending um, and, or, and lifting. So um, those sort of, that's why the diagnosis, connecting the diagnosis with the actual job um, tasks can be very exciting, mm. uh, but very important to have a good understanding of that. Yeah, definitely. So if I go, go back again to um, now, uh, once I've prepared my work, I then am doing an assessment of a worker um, it, and keeping in mind the vocational side. So my assessment is um, very similar to a medical practitioner in that we do a subjective examination where we discuss the work history, how the injury occurred, what type of work they were doing at the time of the injury, Then we also look at what their past um, history is, whether they've had any previous injuries directly related to the same injury as this or even other work-related injuries. And and then we go in and do an objective examination where we look at ranges of movement, sometimes using a goniometer so we can actually accurately assess what range of movement they have, for example, in the shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then we look at... um, then we come to a diagnosis after looking at that. A musculoskeletal physiotherapist will give the worker two questionnaires to complete prior to, at least two questionnaires to complete prior to the examination. Mm-hmm. And those questionnaires are disability questionnaires. For example, you'll have a Quebec disability questionnaire that will give you a reading of what level of dysfunction the worker has since this injury occurred. Someone with uh, a bad lower back injury may have a disability reading of 70% dysfunction um, Mm. and they've answered 20 questions in relation to their back to give you um, that reading. Uh, So that's the, uh, then we go into a diagnosis and after that in our assessment we look at the treatment that is provided and what effect that treatment has had and then we look at their work capacity, are they back at work, are they in normal duties, are they in modified duties or are they on alternate duties? And if they are, are they working full-time hours? So the vocational assessment um, component is really looking at 
what was their pre-injury work, what did that involve, and what is their capacity to return to that pre-injury work. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, it sounds very, very in-depth. Yes, it's a very detailed assessment um, and gives us a lot of information uh, relating to many areas of injury management. So vocational assessment is one component, but the other um, areas that are of great interest to us as musculoskeletal physiotherapists yeah. are the uh, future treatment needs uh, for that worker as well. Yeah, which is very obviously be- beneficial to the, the lawyer working on the case. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So can, can you give us some examples of what injuries you've seen and what cases you've worked on before? Uh, yes. So um, I am a treating physiotherapist as well as an independent medical examiner. Mm-hmm. So I'm, tre- I'm treating workers all the time uh, and I'm also at the same time doing the, uh, examina- the independent examination. Mm-hmm. So and that, uh, if I go to another example um, of a worker that I've seen, so I may have a worker who um, this year has been a very interesting year because of COVID. Yeah. So I, I've recently seen a worker who um, works as an IT consultant with a company and when she went to work from home, developed uh, pain in the uh, right shoulder and the right arm and um, required treatment. Part of the reason for her requiring treatment was that she had uh, was now working from home and the home situation wasn't uh, as ergonomic as her work situation. Mm-hmm. Then the challenges that arise with those injuries are that um, they can't always get treatment. So during stage four, not a lot of workers could get actually treatment to resolve their problems. Yeah. So that was an interesting examination example of uh, my question. The question I've recently been asked about that worker is, um, can she return to pre-injury duties, uh, pre-injury hours, and does she require any future treatment? Yeah. Um, go on. So with the with the letters that the lawyers send through, is there is there any particular questions that you would recommend is a really good question that's going to get the best out of your area of expertise? Uh, yes. So um, the the lawyers that I have whose work I have done do send good um, letters. And so there's a, usually you get a good letter where the, um, they give you clearly what they're wanting to know. Um, so obviously um, we have to provide a history and, and, the, and a diagnosis prior to before we even um, answer the questions of the um, lawyer. So when we start, when, when I start the, when I read the lawyer's um, guidelines, there is always an assumption that we do an examination uh, prior to answering their questions. So their questions usually start with diagnosis, current treatment, need for further treatment, effect of um, this injury on the worker's ability to work, whether there is a work capacity and what that is, and at the end, one of the best questions I like is prognosis. 
what is their likelihood of recovery from this injury and are they likely to um, need to continue to have further treatment? So further treatment needs uh, may mean that they need ongoing physiotherapy treatment. It may mean that they uh, need to continue with uh, exercise-based um, treatment or that they need to have um, ongoing um, access to an independent gymnasium. Yeah. So what particularly, the question you just asked was, was there any extra question I would ask? Sometimes I just get asked to describe what work capacity they have. Mm -hmm. But I still think that it's really important to add in what current treatment they're having and what their future treatment needs are. That's where we're the ones that provide treatment. And we know from um, our training and also uh, research, uh, current research, we know which treatments are likely to have a positive effect on someone's recovery. Yeah. Does it make there a big are, difference when, say, the, the injury has just happened versus the injury has been around for uh, quite some time? It's a very big difference. Yeah, so I was when an in, that. <laughs> yeah, when an injury first occurs, um, uh, you will have a client that a, a worker will be anxious. Uh, but if you get a chance to give them a good uh, assessment and treatment and discussion about uh, injury management, discussion about what the actual injury is, you can actually reassure them and reduce their anxiety level very quickly. Mm. As a treating practitioner, I, I will often see a worker who is fearful of moving and they may have just injured themselves and they're fearful of using their right arm. So in my treatment with that worker, I will take them into my um, exercise gymnasium and start them on exercises on day one. Yeah. And so often, a month down the track, that client is much more confident of moving, they're back at work, um, their anxiety level is a lot lower. I have a very good example at the moment of a lady that came in um, uh, four months ago. She couldn't move her arm, she wasn't working, and she um, her, her pre-injury job was as a kitchen hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the in the treatment, there was no treatment virtually in the rooms. It was all in the gym to encourage her to move um, there and then to encourage her to move at home. And now, uh, four months down the track, I was discussing with her how she's going. She's now back at work, but her workplace have been able to provide her with a different job, which is fitting in with her work capacity. And she's very happy and she is well on the way to recovery. If you don't see someone, um, uh, if you see someone that's had an injury three to five years ago, there's usually a lot more psychosocial components to it. Yeah, there may course. be a lot more uh, anger. There may be, uh, it may have had an enormous effect on their family life. They may now be separated or having a difficulty their family don't necessarily understand what's going on, why yeah. they haven't recovered. So I think it's the um, extra things that come around the injury 
Um, and the worker, if they're not back at work um, within the first six months, there's a lot of research around that says that they're likely to have difficulties getting back to work. So if that person hasn't worked for three years, then your likelihood of getting them back to work is reduced significantly. Yeah, so the key is to get, get onto it as soon as it happens. Yes, that's yeah. right, yep. Yeah. So is and it- identify if there's any issues that are stopping them. Like it, what are the things that are stopping this person um, recovering? Is mm. there a psychological component that they're very anxious about it and they've got no family support of people understanding what's happened? Or is it just a physical thing that they need some work done to build up the strength in their muscles, build up their mobility again? Yeah, perfect, perfect. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to that, that any sort of questions, any particular questions in the letter of instruction that the the lawyers write to you? Is there anything you wanted to add extra to that? Uh, I don't think so because I'm used to getting um, a very detailed um, uh, outline from the lawyers um, that I – Stick to what I'm told, actually. You know, I like to yeah. look at exactly what they've asked me to do and stick to that topic and make sure that I've answered their question and that I'm not answering um, something else that has come to mind of mine. So I remember when I had to go before the courts uh, in a TAC claim many years ago and the instructions from the lawyers were, when the question is asked, please answer that question. And that's something that I... Um, value very highly of being very specific about reading carefully what the uh, instructions are from the lawyers and answering exactly what they want. Yeah, wonderful. That is a very good quality because I I know that I have heard in the past that, yeah, sometimes um, some experts um, may go sort of off topic or even out of their area of expertise and it does, does sometimes um, create quite a, a they, sometimes they can't even use the reports because it's just gone totally outside of the area of expertise. So that that is awesome that you do that. <laughs> but uh, just on that, uh, I, I did have an interesting experience some years ago where I actually was reprimanded for going outside my area of expertise because I saw a worker that um, uh, in the medical notes, I saw that uh, she had a mental health condition of yeah. depression. And I also saw that... Um, uh, one of the medical specialists had written that she had uh, attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I um, just, in my role as a physiotherapist, I'm not there to talk about the mental health of that worker. And what I had said was, uh, she appears to be depressed. And I was firmly told that that's beyond my scope as a physiotherapist. Yeah. So now I, I do. Um, I do recognise uh, that there are psychological factors with the workers, but I do say that this is beyond my um, expertise as a physiotherapist to, to discuss this. Uh, if, 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 I will often say to her um, in my letters that, in my reports, that um, you will need to get the expertise of someone in that field. Yeah, yeah, good lesson there. <laughs> yeah, it was a very good lesson. <laughs> Um, now, Jane, is there anything else that you wanted to add today uh, for the listeners that they should know about your area of expertise or anything that any lawyers should um, or anyone that's sort of coming to you with your expertise in the medico-legal field that you wanted to add? 
Um, so what I wanted to just add was that um, uh, as, a, as a physiotherapist um, and in my experience, I believe that one of the most important things is to make that worker feel comfortable when they come to see you. Definitely. We have a lot of questions to ask and I really work hard at developing rapport with that uh, client. Many years ago, I ran out of money in Greece and I washed dishes in a Sublaki bar <laughs> earning a dollar an hour. And I learned then what it was like to be um, a worker speaking eight words of Greek uh, and how vulnerable you felt. Yeah. So I'm very aware here in Australia that uh, we have a lot of workers who come from different countries or and they may have come from a country where they're a refugee. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those extra traumas, I'm very sensitive to their uh, to making them feel comfortable and to respecting um, their um, injuries and the effect it's had on their lives. Yeah, that's awesome. That is definitely something that a lot of experts do need to consider. So that is awesome, Jane. I really appreciate your time today. This has been really informative. Um, it sounds like you might have an ambulance in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming to my practice. That's oh, good. Fine. That's the main thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you so much for your time today, Jane. It's been very informative and um, I look forward to working with you. Thanks very much, Jess. Thanks, Jane. Bye. Bye.